think we can go with that. Like, um, yeah, so fucking Nick, you found this goddamn tweet or news article. Yeah, the Guardian just, uh, you know, doing normal stuff as always. Yeah. What, what was their exact word of us? Uh, yeah, that uh, Jean-Claude Juncker, what is he, the head of the uh, European, European Commission yeah. president. Commission, yeah. 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 Uh, given you brought this up when we were talking before that that it's like English is like his fourth language. Yeah. So maybe a, some level of, of forgiveness, but he's really he's real horny for French. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is his first language. So. No, it's not. It's oh. just real horny for French. Oh, okay. Well, then he's also just real horny for Europe then too, mm. because <laughs> his word that he used to describe why Europe is just you know not not doing so well is that Europe has lost its libido mm. for your for what other Europeans Europeans have lost their libido for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Europeans yeah. don't want to bust for each other no more. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, that could be one way to describe resurgent nationalism. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that they're continuously going on about is that they do not want you to bust unless it is in the fertile womb of a nice other white woman. <laughs> All other types of busting, not allowed. Yeah. So maybe this is Yonko's way of going and saying, hey, white nationalism is not the only way to bust. We I... should all bust collectively <laughs> with one another. Give them interrail tickets when they're 18. We need to nationalize busting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny you bring up the interrail because I yeah. do think this goes even deeper than just some comment about libido. Like, Oh, does it go like, deeper, you mm. say? I mean, <laughs> say deeper, slower. <laughs> say it slower. Quieter. <laughs> Nick, make this even slower in post. It goes even deeper. <laughs> no, you can't do the slow voice. Yeah, you want be even slower. No, because I'm going to fucking just like chop it through your ass. Put some sexiness in that. Yeah, that, that was just not sexy either. Yeah, Rob. seriously. I have one of, okay, is, this isn't a sexy topic. I have one of my analogies for you. You're saying busting across European lines? I, wish, not it, I wish it was. Everything Yonker does is an inherently sexy topic. The fucking wine drunk bastard. This brings me to another one of my analogies. I haven't yeah. been able to share that many on the pod because of big editing silencing me. <laughs> certain cabal of of greeks who Yo, run all podcast uh pr- production what do you 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 got a problem with my with 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 my with my skills so yeah for me <laughs> no comment Let's move on. so erasmus is like birthright but for europe i think everyone's aware of birthright yeah uh, with israel yeah um mm. where they basically the, the idea behind it is that they pay for Jewish people from around the world to go on a vacation to Israel. And this is all part of a project to like manufacture support and approval for their, you know, apartheid nation. And the way they do that is not just going on vacation, but that the kids, you know, that's like they're on summer camp, they have sex with each other. They hire prostitutes in Israel and they're like, that was such a great time. Like I love Israel (laughs) and everything they do is, is infallible. And Who's Erasmus, the camp counselor, like uh, uh, Yair Netanyahu or something, like that's exactly what that sounds like. Yeah, but Erasmus is basically the same exact thing for Europe, and like they don't even try to hide it. Like the EU wants the same exact thing to happen. They want like students for for people who don't know, Erasmus is just the study abroad within Europe but it's fully funded or almost fully funded for EU students yeah, yeah. yeah. So you well, can go you get, yeah you get a certain amount you of can money go study elsewhere in Europe for free 400 and wow. well okay yeah you or, get around like 400 it depends on which country mm-hmm. you go because it uh, depends on the living costs and yeah but you get a certain amount of money and 
it's easy to get into those universities. But like that. anyone who's went on Erasmus, anything listening to me, it's not very educational. Like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> it, is, it is just a party. And I was thinking, okay, well, why do they give some? Like, why do they continue this funding? It's because this is the whole point. Like, in the same way that like going on birthright is like, man, I love Israel and anything they do must be cool because I had fun there once. Like the EU does the same thing with Erasmus because they, they go to a party once, like they get a hand job at a phone party and they're like, this is what makes Europe great. Like yeah. anything Europe does, yeah. this must be worth it. I mean, I, I, this all sounds incredibly true to me. I don't know what, you're, what point you're making. But it's funny because... <laughs> Europe is hand jobs. Literally like, like European political scientists literally say, like they have that David Brooks mindset. They're, so obviously they're German like political scientists where they say, you know, in 20 years, we're going to have a new generation of leaders who are, you know, who think more broadly... <laughs> Like, yeah, that's because they're not they... limited to just their one country because they've experienced Erasmus. <laughs> oh yeah, or they're made by like two Erasmus students, so yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, a new yeah. generation. They use it's that... a big mix up with the Europeans. They use that as a statistic to get more funding for the Erasmus program, yeah. and it was like this results in more like the the fucking stupid European equivalent of like a mixed race baby. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, an Italian and a Polish person and a baby. How strange. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, give us more money, please. <laughs> I have seen a video lately. Uh, they put out a video that was, um, I don't know, it was a French woman and an Italian husband and they have been That's together. That's like the most for... normal <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. cross <laughs> section of Europeans. <laughs> They've been together for so many years and then they tell uh, tell you how the borders like oh, we, them. Our grandparents both fought yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Exactly. This video's target audience is people who still believe in like 1930s race science. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's so exactly. funny to me is that this idea that you are developing leaders from this Erasmus program, when really all that's going to happen is it's the like vast pool of like, I don't know, some like somewhat well-educated like voters who are going to be like continuing the EU project because they're like, yeah, it seems like uh, they're really like screwing over Spain. Like they're just like, it's like a semi-colonial situation. But you know, one time I like I, Wait, I grinded with a Spanish girl while a Danza Caduro played. So you know, <laughs> who's to say whether the EU is good or bad? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Corner Spati. Uh, we got a full house today, or a full Spati, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, I'm Nick, joined by uh, Yulia. Hi. Kieran. Hello. Rob. What's up? And we have a special guest today. Welcome, Ian. Thank you. I'm He's glad to be here. Yay. Yay. We're, we're glad to have you here. Our first Applause. guest. You you get to take the crown for yourself. And I don't know what you want to do with it. Like, we, we can give you free beer. You get two beers, I bought. <laughs> Ian won yeah, them. I'll take those. Not two more. You've already had one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> just those two please ian we don't have like a fuck a fan contest but ian won our join our polycule contest so, uh, <laughs> welcome aboard glad to have you here in a year's time we will have like a hottest guest competition you have signed away your rights to be just aggressively objectified <laughs> by our following of three people on twitter <laughs> <Woo -hoo -hoo>! yay <laughs> Uh, only some of them are into sugar daddy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, damn it! I'm not going to explain that. It's enough. Kieran, do you want to do you want to introduce Ian to the rest of the of the our six, for, for, six 
followers. <laughs> For the six people listening out there, three of which are in America, why are you listening to this? <laughs> um, I'm a stand-up comedian here in Berlin, and I'm also friends with other stand-up comedians, one of which is Ian. Uh, that's that's it. You're really funny, and I like you as a person. Okay. <laughs> that's why you're on this podcast. Thanks. I think that's a good sign, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Wait until we bring on my frenemies. <laughs> a gallery of rogues there. <laughs> I'll just bring them on to fucking drag them. Uh, I just hijacked the whole podcast just with one person I don't like being like, so why are you shit? Yeah, Ian, why are you shit? <laughs> Surprise, it was you. <laughs> don't know, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's something I grew up with. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my father was shit it's this whole lineage thing i inherited the business all right so before we get into our main topic of just like explaining to our audience die linke and aufstehen um die linke the thing that's been around for a generation and aufstehen that thing that was around for several generations of gat flies <laughs> kieran has a new fucking game we're gonna do games on this show now yeah yeah. Can we have like theme music for this game? That's we, really down you, to you. <laughs> well, no, yeah. you're the you're the one who do. Fucking, oh, I make music. Yeah, so yeah. If you can make game show music for this, I will put it in every oh, time we do this. Oh shit! Like, I might just like who wants to be a millionaire? Bullshit! Like I really want that. I might just link you to like a feminist punk band I found from Bristol. Is That's that cool. Cool. As long as we have game show music. Then <laughs> I don't. It's my think... favorite game show music. <laughs> I have, they have a song called "Don't Fucking Touch Me." <laughs> 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 oh, they're called petrol girls. They're real good. They sound cool. Yeah, that, they that is what cool. these rich people would say to literally anybody within like a ten foot radius. Of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, they overlap between like like women with actually very good politics and like coddled rich kid children. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> you know who my dad is. <laughs> Um, all right, so for the purpose of this video game, people sitting beside me do not cannot look at my screen. Okay. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to explain this game to people, which is I'm going to... I found the richest person in every European country, and I'm going by Eurovision UEFA rules. So, you know, the South Caucasus, Kazakhstan, and uh, Turkey are in this. Nice. All right, nice. okay. <laughs> They're Israel contenders. too, yeah. No, not Israel and Australia. They're Australia, only yeah. they're only in Eurovision because they don't get on no, with their actual neighbors. I thought you, you, you said <laughs> UEFA rules. Israel's part of UEFA. Uh, okay, I'll add Israel later. Good. <laughs> <laughs> We're only doing one for tonight, and I guess I've given it away. It's not Israel. Um, <laughs> yes. So the point of this is I'm going to tell you this person's net worth, the industry they're in, and like three kind of factlets or like inf- pieces of information about them, mm-hmm. and you guys have to guess... Uh, where they are from, or like who they are, if you can figure out that much. All right. All right, I'm ready. I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to win. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say I respect my competition, and yeah. I'm I'm here to have a good time. <laughs> you guys are doing like all the bachelorette tropes right now. It's great. All right. All right. So net worth 5.5 billion US dollars. Nice. Yeah. Not that much. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen more. All right. Made their money. Uh, okay. Industries they're involved in metals, banking, buying and selling businesses, hotels, and drugstores. 
All right. And drugs. Okay. <laughs> and drug <laughs> drug stores. <laughs> Pharmacies. <laughs> Not <laughs> All right. That piece of information number one. This is kind of into like his business history. Gotta start with bringing push-button telephones into the country. He quickly bought property and national services during a period of privatization. Okay, so it has to be Eastern Europe then. Okay. Mm. Via a bank he co-founded. Oh, okay. Normal things. Yeah. The bank failed spectacularly in 2015 and was the fifth most costly bank bailout in the country. This is great because in Eastern <laughs> Europe, you can just have a bank that fails spectacularly. But if you were just like knew the right people at the right time in 1990, you would just be like... They're like, you want to be a billionaire? They're like, yeah, all right, I guess so. I, just, I, can, I can sign my name on some things. I can wear a suit and walk around. All right, and number three? No, accounting, this is, this is all the same fact. Oh, Sorry, okay. this is okay. accounting for um, inflation and currency conversion. The bank bailout was about $1 billion. Um, at the height of his wealth, he was worth equal to a third of his nation's GDP. Okay. <laughs> um. It was revealed in the Panama Papers that he has a front company in the British Virgin Islands called Boschiter Overseas Company. Boschiter. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not a real word. <laughs> I swear to God. I looked it up in his native language. It's not a real word. All right. But he's using this money for something good. Oh. He commissioned a world-famous Japanese architect to build a business center in the capital city. With a guest house, multifunctional hall, a large and small conference hall, a gym, a swimming pool, a dance hall, and an indoor tennis court. God, Eastern Europeans are so fucking cool. <laughs> okay, okay, but hang on. Here's the pimp move. Oops, years later, it's actually his house. <laughs> it's not yeah. actually a public uh, oh, business God. center. It's fucking just his house. Eastern European oligarchs fucking know how to do it. Yeah. There is, like... You know, libertarians say that the market is not the way of doing things. No, clearly not. When you're an Eastern European ol oligarch with no regulations for anything whatsoever, it's cool. Like, it's pimp. Like, I have, I, you know what? I'm, I'm leaving the pod. I am now a libertarian. But only, only in Georgia or wherever the fuck this guy is from. Right. You know what's not cool? A million dollars. You know what is cool? Doing Zumba on the fifth floor of your, of your <laughs> private hotel. <laughs> In your personal gym. All right. All right. I think since since Ian's our guest, he should be the first to go. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Sorry. No, fact oh, number two. Oh, wait. That's number that one. That was number oh, one. That was only yeah. number one. Okay. Maybe you shouldn't call these facts, but these are just like little aspects of their Blurbs. lives. Uh, anecdotes. Yeah, yeah. Fact number two. He founded a political party. Okay. Became prime minister. Of course. Of course. He, everyone. And <laughs> didn't associate from all of his private holdings, naturally enough. Well, that could be every Eastern European country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eastern <laughs> Europe. Doing it right. He's still under investigation for using his businesses to illegally fund his party and reach electoral goals and was once fined $90 million for bribing voters. Mm. I wonder uh, what bribing voters in Eastern Europe is like. <laughs> Here's a bag of rice. You want some nachleb? You can do Zumba in Everyone my house. Gets <laughs> Every voter gets to Zumba. <laughs> He is no longer the leader of this party, but still holds significant sway. One political scientist said of him, he is outside democratic control, outside institutional checks and balances, yet he is ultimately calling the shots, which puts his home country in a vulnerable position, both vis-a-vis -vis democracy and foreign policy. That was fact number two. Mm -hmm. Okay, still sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Fact number three. He married his wife when she was 19 and he was 35. 
one of his three beautiful albino sons. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Let me finish the sentence. He had three albino sons? <laughs> okay, he had three sons. Two of them were albino. <laughs> that's not bad. That, that's an impressive albino. Right? Uh, that's, that's pretty good. One of his three beautiful albino sons is a nationally famous rapper. <laughs> <laughs> who had a particular hit song that put him on the map. The rapping son named his studio after the song. And his dad, again, the richest man in the country, was inspired so much by his song that he named the political party after the song's <laughs> title. Whoa. <laughs> That's right. beautiful. Wow. Like, oh my That's God. So wow, I wish my dad would name would name his <laughs> political party after my rap God song. God damn, I just love this fucking, like, just Eastern, like, like one part's like just Eastern European oligarch energy. The other part's also like Baba energy. Yeah, like, definitely. Son, like you're my fucking pride Love and that joy. song. Like everything you do is beautiful. Like I'll do everything for you. I'll name a political party after you. You're so much better than my other albinos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you- in terms of like, of like, what is it? Albinism? What's the thing called? Like he's like the Ted Williams of like producing albino children. <laughs> Yo, have you guys heard my dad just started a new business? It's the Cornish Bait, the Subaru dealership of Greater Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I agree. Ian, your first to guess the country. Uh, as, Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan? All right. No, that's not enough money to be Azerbaijan. All right. I have a guess. And it would be oil. Like, come on, Ian, you're fucking up. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Based on my knowledge of Eastern European rap, I'm going to go with Estonia. All right. All right. What do you guys say? I'm going Georgia. I said Georgia earlier as a joke, but what is it? 5.5 billion? Mm-hmm. And it was like banking and shit, right? Yeah. Georgia doesn't have like a like good old natural resources that can get you a bunch of dinero real quick, right? Like like an Azerbaijan or... But I was also debating Georgia, but I don't know. I mean, says right. the ones... Georgia, um, final answer for Nick. Says the one studying Eastern European right. studies. Yeah, one. What do you, what you, do you just found her like no. doctoral dissertation. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'm already this doing a, a, a class on, on... This guy's beautiful albino son. <laughs> and his rapping. He is actually, despite being albino, he is swole. He's got a model girlfriend and it is well-deserved. He is a pretty boy. Good. Yeah. Pr- proud of him. That's why I wrote the word beautiful. Good. I have a small crush with this rapper of... Nationality, I was this, about to you say. Have to show this music later. Oh, for sure. Okay, I'm, I'm going with something else then. Okay. If you do Georgia, because I think it's not Georgia. But okay, go, go. What do you like, think? Wait, does Georgia Kazakhstan? Count Europe? Yeah, yeah, yeah something okay. Caucasus. Yeah. I'm saying like something ca- Caucasus, Kazakhstan. I don't know. <laughs> does it count? <laughs> Kazakhstan's yeah. in the running here. Okay, you saying Kazakhstan? Yeah. Okay. And the correct answer was Nick. It is Georgia. It is Georgia. <laughs> Shit. I thought about Damn. that. <laughs> but Zena Ivanishvili. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know who this is? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the, he was the former leader and prime minister under the Georgian Dream Party, yeah. named for his son's rap song, Georgian, Georgian Dream. Dream. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, he was fucking talking about the, the, the state of Georgia, too, not yeah. even the country. Georgian uh, Dream. Can we, can we back up for a second? Yeah. I, want, I really want to hear the song Georgian Dream. Me, too. Because that sounds to me just like... Georgian Dream? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the YouTube a link. a lot of auto-tune, it. and it. it's just really bad, but 
Everyone does listens it, to does it. Does it have cars? So also I want to mention the that the company that he's involved in was a thing called Roskia Kredish, which was a Russian yeah. bank that he co-founded. And then when he became president, he just basically got rid of all of his like Russian companies but not any of the Georgian ones. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. then his entire presidency was defined by renormalizing relationships with oh. Russia. Cool. So, so so far, Nick is one for whatever. whatever. Well, that was, that was the first mega eager competition. So far, Nick's batting a thousand. <laughs> cool with that. You know, I'm your soon-to-be champion. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got one right. I'm way too cocky. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so looking forward to future ones. They were all monsters. It's great. I've found so much fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> Does it get better the further east you go? George is pretty far fucking... I haven't investigated the Kazakhstani guy, but... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> I've that got a lot of approval from you, yeah. <laughs> it gets buck wild in Kazakhstan. I'm imagining, though, that like Turkmenistan is just going to be the president who then also made a music video of himself the Oh, other yeah, day. I love that video. It's yeah. awesome. It's is he playing guitar in it, or what? Yeah, he's playing guitar, and he has a guy that that plays keyboard and he looks at him like he's really in love with him I or he really respects his president well, love, respect, what's the difference? It's, it's a song about his horse <laughs> <laughs> is it literally oh jeez that's a I whole I listen to that it's called Old Town Road I play it <laughs> yeah, all the time probably <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely song you should all listen to it <laughs> I was going to make a My Lovely Horse joke but then I realized no one in the room is Irish except for me <laughs> it's like My Little Pony I'm joke. just going to leave that there Sadly, we're not here to talk about Spago for an hour. We're here to talk about another topic close to Germans' hearts, Die Linke. Uh, um, I guess we should give just the the basics. So if people don't know, there are currently six parties in Germany. Um, currently in Parliament. There are currently far in more. Parliament. There, yeah. True, true. There are more. There are far more, far cooler parties who are not in Parliament. <laughs> but insofar, like, when Die Linke came on the scene, then Germany was redefined as, like, a five-party government. And now I guess there are six because AfD is everywhere. Mm-hmm. But we have the SPD, the center-left party. The CDU, the center right party, which is partnered with CSU. You have Avde, we're the far right. Yeah, everyone. We, yeah. Listen to our episode about that. Vice Bagel. You have the Greens. <laughs> Those guys. Who are the Greens? Who are the Grunschbagel? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Greens are fucking. Uh, my best definition I've still heard is like Multranong uh, FDP. Yeah. 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 That's accurate. The FDP yeah. who sorts the rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have the FDP mm. and our daddy Lindner, who the Greens who don't sort the rubbish. A <laughs> 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 circular definition I've come up with. <laughs> and then, like most Euro- European countries, there is a principled left opposition, or maybe not so principled. We're we're gonna find out. Just a wild and out fucking. So, what the left wing party from my country are terrorists. So let's <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well. A lot of people think D-Link are terrorists. If only they were that cool. <laughs> so, 
we have to go back through the history of Die Linke um, mm-hmm. because for people who don't know, Germany used to be split into two. Yep. There was West Germany <laughs> and East Germany. History hour with Rob. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And when um, basically Die Linke, there's a continuous line from the former um, SED, the, the ruling party mm-hmm. of, of the DDR, into um, basically after the, the Venda. Um, mm. That party was in disarray, as you can imagine. And after several shuffles at the end of 1989, beginning of 1990, they became the PDS, PDS, mm-hmm. Party of Democratic Socialism. Because mm-hmm. they're like, all right, this whole Stalinist thing isn't working out. Now we're exactly. Democratic yeah. Socialists, that buzzword yeah. everyone knows and loves. They did it first. Yeah, true. Or yeah. <laughs> earlier than the Yanks. Listen here, Bernie. <laughs> Michael Harrington in the U.S. was like, I'm also a Stalinist. I'll just call DSA, <laughs> Democratic Socialists of America, so no yeah, one knows I'm secretly st- a Stalinist. Dope, yes. Stalini- Dope Stalinists of America just did not roll <laughs> off the tongue as easily. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it was the PDS, and I think in their first election, they were pretty trounced by mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, the CDU and the SPD re-entered East German politics after however many years. They were in East German no, politics, though, to begin with, to be fair. Mm, they actually gained a lot of momentum in in the new um, Bundesländer, the new states. states. The new states, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, they still had support a lot of, like from... Is that what you said, or did I misunderstood you? No, no. I, well, you? I said they came back to East German politics after being away... Because the SED ran everything, but you're saying they had some support. Yeah, they had throughout East Germany. Yeah, they did definitely. There were a lot of people who were like still looking for what what are we supposed to do after living in the GDR, and they had a lot of support in East. Yeah, Europe. and again, I, I think back to uh, East Germany, just yeah. something that we've talked about before, very briefly on the pod, is that the I mean, given okay, the 1990s, everything's up in the air, end of history, all that, but. Um, the collective feeling, I think, of most East Germans about East Germany isn't as negative as we like to pretend it is. Mm-hmm. So that's, that isn't like as surprising if you kind of like look at it yeah. for what it was, the, especially just how shit the 90s was for East Germany. The statistics, because that's what Kieran does, he remembers these in the fucking numbers, is um, 57% but, yeah. of people born into the GDR or DDR like want to return to it, want the DDR to exist again and for like very good very 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 good yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah like east germany has been turned to shit um but the thing is like that's probably the most interesting statistic because you also get like a lot of people who are born into like who are now living in russia who are born into the ussr who are like yeah it'd be cool if that was back but it's hard to separate that from it was nice when we were a world power and it was nice when mm-hmm. we had bigger borders but at least you can not say that about the DDR. Yeah. yeah. It was like either. it was nice yeah. when homelessness wasn't really a thing and that I could fucking yeah. get food. Yeah. No one, yeah. <laughs> Although like, it was god I saw a recipe for fucking what was it? Jaeger schnitzel? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god damn it. It's like a cross section of sausage that they deep fried with like a horrible ketchup sauce <laughs> what onions f- in it what the fuck is that my mom loved that oh, it's, oh it looks disgusting Jägerschnitzel isn't an East German thing though is it not no it's a, like a it's German it's a German yeah. thing oh, I fucking hate this country <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't have to have terrible food to have like you don't have to have been from East Germany to, cu- to have terrible food okay fair enough fair enough all right. All right. My Western propaganda has been removed. So, <laughs> so they get pretty trounced in the 1990 elections. I think they get 2.4%. Mm-hmm. But Gregor Gysi, if you haven't heard of him, he's probably the biggest face of 
he's still one of the biggest faces in D-Linka, but mm-hmm. he was the biggest face from 1990 until maybe 10-ish years ago. Um, he was directly elected from Berlin and the head seats in Parliament. The next election is four years later, 1994. Apparently, there was an aggressive uh, Red Sox campaign from the CDU. So even though the... the, the did did D-Linka get Daisuke Matsuzaka <laughs> Oh no, they're talking about American sports again. Daisuke Matsuzaka, like democratic socialism, is the promise of like he can do everything. It's everything you ever wanted, but not Stalinism. And then it turns out to be shit. Then yeah, it is like Daisuke Matsuzaka. (laughs) Yo, the fucking just gyro ball of that (laughs) Dilinka. Sorry, I'll stop with American sports. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but they so no there was an aggressive red like red baiting anti-communist campaign from the CDU yeah. saying like you know these the PDS who say they're all nice and democratic socialists now they're still Stalinist yeah. this is going to be a recurring theme I mean this was just what five years after the the reunification of Germany so I understand that this is a I don't know maybe an easy political uh, route uh, they're still going on about this <laughs> as recent I mean widespread at least as recently as five ten years ago but yeah, but they gain a few more seats. Um, I think 1998, not that much exciting happens. Um, we're going to skip forward until 2005, when times were good in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was Everyone? the top song on the Billboard charts in 2005? <laughs> Kieran, look it up now. Uh, um, it was... Um, it was probably Lil John and the East Side Boys, Get Low or get something low. Like <laughs> it was. It was fucking Ked Vita's... Bidzina's fucking beautiful Albanians <laughs> from the Zalem with George and Drape actually that probably was 2005 <laughs> to the Aussie Amashbago grow yeah you could get a mortgage <laughs> off the side of the street 2005 well Gossip Girl <laughs> what, what happened in, well, more, most importantly what happened in 2005 is that was the government of the SPD and Greens had finally been running Germany. And if you don't know much about post-war German history, that's pretty rare. I mean, it was the first time the SPD and Greens had been together. The SPD was under Willy Pont and any other time, they never ran Germany again after since mm-hmm. 1945. Yeah, like, it was absolutely true. dominated by the CSU and the CDU. Merkel's cool. party. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying that then there was a country in Germany that had one party that controlled everything? Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> and they slowly, you know, like gain more and more control over Europe. Hang on. Wait. <laughs> Wait, which year are we? <laughs> we are living in the future we always dreamed of. God damn it, Mook guy. <laughs> Sometimes you wins. Sometimes the good people win. Sometimes they home. <laughs> what did the SPD and Greens do when they finally get into power after years in the wilderness? They, they fucked. Gerhard Schröder <laughs> goes beast mode on the welfare state. Oh yeah, skirt. And no matter, even though it was terrible, beaten down, end of history time, there was enough movement that the left, that a left wing faction of SPD, which consisted of trade unionists, a lot of the like young students, intelligentsia, kind of a hodgepodge, broke off from the uh, SPD. They formed their own. It was called <laughs> the Valetanativa. Something, something. We ask you. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. ask But they were for, that's for Arbeit Fast. and uh, social justice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So gerechtigkeit. And the the key point here is that in 2005, they teamed up with the PDS and decided mm-hmm. to run together. So they weren't a party yet. They would become D-Linka. Spoiler. 
<laughs> but in 2005, that's when, for all intents and purposes, D-Linka was basically born because these two groups were running together. And what's crucial about that is because D-Linka has been doing okay. You know, they were in parliament, but just almost entirely in the former East Germany. And then adding the VASG to PDS kind of gave what would become D-Linka um, a social basis in the former West Germany. Also. Well, what, one of the important points here is that um, Oscar Lafontaine, who actually was head of uh, the party, oh, we're going to talk about Oscar uh, Lafontaine. Uh, okay, um, yeah, I still finish this point. Um, um, made the promise to join via ASG, so Alternative für Soziale Gerechtigkeit. And yeah, fucking working branding lines. And only then they said, okay, if 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 you're gonna join them, like, um, but only if if we have a co coalition and we run together with a P uh, PDS. So actually, that was a crucial point that someone from Gerhard Schröder's SPD said, okay, no, we're not like dealing with this shit here. What you're doing? So yeah, continue, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oscar Lafontaine is a messy bitch, which we're going to oh get yeah. into. He loves to uh, post post online. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's not that much, like at least in terms of history, that I want to hit on. I mean, in 20, uh, 2009, so the next election was there where that was the best results in D-Linka's history. That was the first where they're actually D-Linka. In 2011, I don't remember the exact year, but they have a platform that comes out one of these years that is a pretty left-wing platform. Um when you hear that D-Linka, you know, their platform is for open borders and things like that, no matter what Zav Agnesh goes on TV and says, that's... Oh, we're getting to that. that yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> that refers to this time around 2011 when um, this new platform was made. In 2012, the leaders of the party became Katja Kipping and... Uh, Rexinger. Yeah, Rexinger, Bernd. Bernd. Rexinger. Yeah. Who the I think are considered more... <laughs> Oh, it's it's complicated. <laughs> I would consider them more left wing than Oscar Lafontaine and Zawagenknecht. Zawagenknecht and Oscar Lafontaine are like the old, uh, the old guard. Yeah. Of, yeah, of bizarre. They're the old guard, East but German then leftism. It, it's also true that with Indy Linka, they're considered the left wing, being attacked by the right wing, more capitalist mm -hmm. forces. Because Zawagenknecht has said some things that have made people have that impression although that she she's very a stalinist. she's a stalinist sometimes you know when the when the wind's <laughs> blowing right you know <laughs> she'll tanky. say some pretty cool stuff all right so can um new goal for the podcast get sarah sarah Vakanecht to call us revisionists <laughs> yes please <laughs> it's like yeah call cool. us out corner spady revisionists they're trotskyists they're trying to destroy me yeah i mean we have to move to mexico like it'll be cool yeah oh that actually I do really want to try all that Lebanese Mexican food. That sounds real good. I'm down. Yeah, oh, yeah I mean, Zavagnek, call us out. Let's I, move I've, to Mexico. I've moved for I've moved countries for dumber reasons. Let's go. <laughs> Zavagnek, please clap, drag, clap us, clap. Yeah. <laughs> we are thirsty for clout. We are chasing clout. <laughs> we are doing it. No one. People said I couldn't be an English-speaking FTP fucking reply guy, but I showed them. <laughs> That's my um, goal for this month. <laughs> so that little history basically brings us to Delinka today, yeah. um, and I don't know where we want to start with this. Um, well, I don't. I don't actually know which year exactly Zaha Wagenknecht becomes the leader. It doesn't matter because she's here. Well, she was here. Yeah. Well, what what we should clarify is that Katya Kipping and and Heitzinger mm. are the leaders Heitzinger. of the party. 
mm. and Zara Wagenesch and Oscar Lafontaine yeah. are co-leaders of the parliamentary party. And in love. And in love. And they're married, we should point out. So, th- <laughs> But they got Gosh. married in 2014. Like they were, yeah. Oscar Lafontaine is, what, 20 years older and... A pimp. Yeah. <laughs> Looking very smooth and shiny yeah. and old. <laughs> Do they... Do they meet on the job or? I that think so. Work? They okay. met on the job and they were like they completed each other's sentences. They, they were, were like, like, I uh, love Stalin. <laughs> I, I hate. <laughs> See, French. you know, the more left wing racism you do, like the likelier you are of meeting your significant other. The key here, and this is somewhat of an oversimplification, <laughs> but there's roughly a fight or a struggle with Indilinka between. They've been called before. I would say Wagenknecht, especially since they're the parliamentary mm-hmm. leaders, they see themselves as the more practical side of the party, that they're actually going out and engaging with people. And and they think they're like attracting new voters and getting voters that are that they're losing to the off day, especially in recent years. Mm-hmm. Whereas this other side, the more the, the platform side are purists, leftist purists. Yeah. It's and interesting I, because it's actually like it's a big mess because you have you have the more pre- pragmatic side of the party that is the eastern more like um, eastern Ge- Germany um, part, uh, side of the party and you have the faction that uh, to, uh, to minus, uh, at least in the be- <laughs> all the German <laughs> at least in the beginning of, of the party um, were more fundamentalist like a, a radical West German leftist because you had like you had actually a left like people who are already who were already involved in like um in in governing in in the gdr so them them seem to be more pragmatic but at the other side you also have Sarah wagenknecht and oscar lafontaine to be seen as more like fundamentalist at the same time uh in comparison to to the others who are seen to be more like reformist or more social democratic so the, it's a big mess like these factions are fighting and they're fighting on on different uh, fronts <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. i think it's just a, like to be fair to look at the linka you have to you also have to look at a group like dsa is a pretty good example i'd say because within Dilinka you have multiple factions of groups trying to push it one way or the other like you have like the caucuses in dsa you know like for like american listeners i don't know like an easier way to put it and um like Die Linke also has like a communist caucus. They also have an anti-fascist mm-hmm. caucus. They like of, yeah, of typically younger people as well, mm-hmm. trying yeah. to then redirect the party into a direction that then could be, um, you know, the future of it. But it is like like we we were joking about this earlier that Die Linke is old. Like they are a bunch <laughs> of old ass motherfuckers running a. a trying to run a progressive new left-wing party Mm -hmm. and it's not working very well to be fair yeah so i think this gets into i want to point out a few differences that maybe in the ways d-linka is different than other because like i said at the beginning almost every european country has their left-wing opposition and i want to go through the ways that d-linkas may okay not every but it's i'll i'll it's something i'll I see. go off later <laughs> but like it exists you know like but d-link is a little different for a few different reasons one reason i want to point out is uh what nick just brought up there is a communist caucus there is a socialist left caucus there's another one uh and they've all been monitored by the Verfassungsschutz, basically the the german fbi since their creation <laughs> like the the, the fact German that the FBI. Verfassungsschutz monitors D-Linke, so uh, it's complicated. 
they don't <laughs> monitor the whole party because they're like, yeah, we looked at this party and they're not, um, they're they're not a threat to German democracy. They're not a threat to overthrow the like German constitution. And it's like, yeah, if, <laughs> sure. If I, if I were against the Link, I'd be like, well, look right there. Like your your enemies are telling you you're not a threat to the system. But I understand. You can only do so much. But within Dilinka, several what dozens of politicians, dozens of members of Dilinka in in Parliament are monitored by the Verfassungsschutz because they're like left wing radicals, including whole. Okay, from on the national level, like Germany just loves all excuses to to, to protect their constitution mm. at all different levels. So on the national level, the party isn't monitored, but several caucuses are and members are. On the state level, the party is monitored. By the state Verfassungsschutz, even the state, like this, does I think the Turingen Verfassungsschutz monitored Dilinka, and then Dilinka became the government in in Turingen. So it's like you have this ridiculous situation where literally, like a version of the deep state is like looking at this, like these basic ass. Okay, to back up, they they may have Stalinists, but their proposals are just to have like a minimum wage in Germany, like these basic social democratic things. And the rest of Germany, going back to 1994 and this Red Sox red baiting, they literally, they freak the fuck out. Like East Germany's back. They're taking over like about anything d assessor does completely out of proportion to what they might actually argue for. I really like the idea that like the Turingo branch of like the Verfassungsschutz, it was like, all right, we're monitoring them. They're not a threat yet. They control the government. Not a threat yet. It's funny you bring it up because the head of uh, the minister, the, the person who runs the, the government in Turingen, the state president, Bodo Ramelow, was one of these D-Linka politicians who's been monitored by the Verfassungsschutz for years. And then when, oh no, no, he was monitored and then they said they stopped in 1996. And then when he got into government, since he's the like minister president of the of the state of Turingen, he looks into the files and they're like, "Man, you've been monitoring me for like 15 years longer than you said you have." And he sued them. Okay, so we have a situation where the minister, the 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 basically the governor of the state, so the person who runs the state is suing the like FBI of the state. And what does the court say? Even though it's completely illegal, like you have to say you're monitoring them if you are. What did the court say? They said it was legal because Dilinka like had a suspicion of being anti like against the constitution. So just the fact, just being suspicious that maybe this group could be against the constitution, you're authorized to still surveil them. The fact I don't want to overstate, I don't want to be like because that's what the liberals do: overstate the power of the Verfassungsschutz and say they're going to take down the off day. We have the Verfassungsschutz to protect yeah, us, no, but it's no. just it's an example of what German politics is. And there's a structural, there's a huge structural aspect that is fundamentally like, if you're changing our constitution, you you are a threat. You are a terrorist to our country. <laughs> like, and that goes through social <laughs> democrats. Delinka is a country. <laughs> basically. Like, that goes through that, through the whole history of, of Delinka that you have to remember. Um, so I'm giving them a little credit on, on that point. Um, the other point I want to bring up is what Nick mentioned earlier. They're really fucking old. There's a lot of old East German Stalinists and other people in the party. But I think they're not the worst though. They're like not like all yeah, 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 they're not first off, they're not all Stalinists. <laughs> they're um to be fair of the people who aren't the heads of the party who are Stalinists, um, I would rather have them be members of the of Die Linke than have them be members of the AfD. Like there is yeah. like in the sense of Germany, True. like you do have to 
I feel um, not have a purist left perspective about it because you have a you have an old guard as as, as you corrected me on the term earlier that um, you can work with like there are a bunch of just older people from East Germany who want to I think they're mostly from East Germany that understand that these are the things that are bad their praxis is maybe a little bit off they may have a little bit of you know to say the least they're a little like like a little problematic when it comes to like you know racism and shit like that but nonetheless they're still left wing and there's still a group of people that i think are much easier to then get stuff like you know you can make these people anti-racist i think you can't make the afd anti-racist yeah you know like and I think that they're open to it too. To be fair, I mean, from the people that I've met here who are, you know, from East Germany that are maybe a little bit older who were born there and whatnot, like who are who are left wing, they're not lost and they're just they're 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 not like confused of like oh no what's going on. They're very much aware that capitalism is the problem because of what they grew up with. The reaction's a little bit you know often confused to some degree, but it's not. It's not, you know, too far from, from saving or whatever it is. Like, they're still communists or socialists or whatever. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I just... Yeah. Um, the one thing I want to point out is that I think... I, I just don't want to badmouth people with the term Stalinist, that's all. Like, <laughs> no, like, no, I, oh, yeah, I agree. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, what, I wanted to, um, what I wanted to point out, though, is I think Die Linke has... It's much more... And this is also a reflection of how politics works across Germany like I said it's very top down but the fact that it came from like a former like the former East the DDR ruling party and then this kind of like I don't know like with um, like this very like two parties merged not because of some popular movement but because of just this kind of like this election like sort of these party machinations and that birthed the D-Link is today and that's the two strands of their history and it's and uh, at no point was it some popular upsurge defining this is these are the problems of our times and this is what we want so it makes sense that they're a little more removed i would say and i, I don't know how left parties form in other countries i guess there's an old communist party that's kind of outdated and, and a relic but yeah in, okay. in germany this like modern party that's supposed to that yeah. that a lot of the like left-wing people young people vote for it didn't come they didn't make it themselves. It kind of just like came to them through these like... But I guess say in yeah. Eastern Europe, you have like a different problem, for example, because here in Germany, you already had a party system that was installed. So you didn't have to build a new party system because the East merged with the West. So you could actually stay in the opposition as the left party or as the here PDS, VASG, etc., etc., before they become the left party. And in the other countries of this for, uh, former Soviet Union, they actually had to build new parties and they were forced in the 90s to like the former left parties or, or communist parties or people who were in the communist parties they had to build new parties a new party system and a lot of them were for forced to not forced they actually worked also with them so they were stupid um <laughs> to leave their party lines like the former party lines definitely because everyone was pissed off by the Soviet Union, um and and go directly into the direction of neoliberal um, neoliberal market reforms and stuff like that. So you still have what you have with Link, Die Linke and why it probably seems that, like it's it's an old party or something like that is because they could actually stay in the opposition the way they were. Like, of course, they, they abolished uh, Marxist-Leninism and, and said we are now um, democratic socialist. But it went, like shit went down in, in Eastern Europe, for example. And you that's why you can't even have anything 
like that in Eastern Europe. That's this is why we can't have nice things. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> it's a pretty common formula, though, for most of countries that weren't part of the Eastern Bloc, too. Like, I think um, all these, I mean, I think you see in, like, Denmark and shit like that. Like, there's just these old Marxist-Leninist parties that just, like, sit around, get, like, one seat and whatever. And because they just refuse to change their ideology, this they just kind of remain this thing. I mentioned the example briefly of the KKE in Greece, but they want to do the same. Like they didn't want to go into a thing with Syriza because they saw themselves as the pure communists. And given like they do have a good history of one part good, one part bad, of you know being the party during the Greek Civil War and stuff like that. And they've they've held themselves on this like relic that is stupid. Um, I don't know what it is in the UK because like labor used to be that communist wing. Yeah. So for the rest of Europe, I can probably talk a little bit about. So like the Nordic countries were weird because the whole during the whole Cold War thing, they kind of just like straddled the fence a little bit. Like, like let's see how this whole Cold War thing shakes out and then we'll decide if we're communist or not. Um, since then, the most of those countries have taken on the model of Germany actually most of their country, most of their left wing parties are literally just called the left or whatever yeah. that is in Swedish, Norwegian, There's Danish. Even like the European um, uh, conglomerate, un- yeah, of United yeah. European Left slash Nordic Green Left. Like they're a big part of that foundation, but the um, they're very comparable to Die Linke. Then you have like France, which has always had like three left wing. Oh parties. yeah, France is it, France. Their their history of communism is just insane. It yeah. is, yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of insane histories of communism, Italy, yeah, where like the Communist Party was always kind of in power, but also not. Um, so like that's why you have like weird cultural things like the and they don't exist anymore now, which is even weirder. Yeah, and the the successor of them is like a liberal centrist party. Yeah, like I said, these are the kind of the roughly again we're really oversimplifying it. The thing to know about Dilinka is that there are many different factions within the party. It's not just the parliamentary and the platform, the east and the west, the left and the right, the pragmatic and the idealistic. It breaks down a lot of different angles. But the one we're going to be talking about is this one between Zara Wagenknecht, who was the leader of the party until a few months ago when she said she would step down, and her husband, Oscar Lafontaine, versus maybe what a left-wing vision of the party could be. To frame this dichotomy, I want to read an op-ed that Oscar Lafontaine published in Neues Deutschland. For people who don't know, Neues Deutschland is just the paper. It's the party paper of Die Linke. Mm. It's, it, it was the official paper. It was the it was the official, yeah. In, 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 in the GDR, GDR yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. uh, and now it's just the, the, the paper for the party. No, so, Deutschland, well, like yeah. New Germany. New Germany. Yeah, New, New Germany. Germany. Yeah. New Germany, everyone. <laughs> round up, round up. All the crowds are at it again. So <laughs> this is where Oscar Lafontaine's going to be a messy little bitch. Oh, and this oh, is, yeah. this has, like I was saying earlier, this has very, very extreme, like, and you know another thing, you pussies? Energy. Like, he's, he's <laughs> he has a lot to say. Yep. I'm going to skip around, but let's begin. So he starts off talking about this is this was published shortly after the 2017 election uh, when Ofte enters parliament. The D-Link does pretty good. They do fine. I mean, about the same as they did the last time. Um, yeah, and that that's what it opens with. So he says with with 9.2% of the vote, 4.3 million in total, D-Link achieved its second best result in a Bundestag election. Blah, 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 blah. The party would therefore have every reason to be satisfied with this election result. But criticism is being voiced behind closed doors, especially from those who frenetically cheered the crash of Die Linke in 2013 
from 11.9 to 8.6 percent. So there are some fake friends oh, no. in the party. No uh, new friends. No new friends. I want to apologize in advance. It's all translated, obviously, so I'm not capturing Oscar Lafontaine's beautiful his, writing. His prose. Uh, but hopefully the racism still comes through. <laughs> God damn it. The latent inter- inner party conflicts become visible here. Again, this is the party newspaper from the the husband of the leader of the party. The two party chairmen have little approval among the voters. Oh. His evidence is Bernd Riesiger as a top candidate achieved 2.9% in the state parliamentary elections in Baden-Württemberg. He brought receipts. And in Katja Kipping's state association Saxony, whose state list she headed, there was the weakest result in the East was 16.1%. Um, to be fair, both of those um, states are um, far too racist for the Dilinka, even with their <laughs> their their bespoke leftist race science to work <laughs> and even katya kipping it was just like the i mean i guess she's the the top name in the state but it's not about her specifically it's about dilinka yeah no no, no of course the party yeah. of your wife <laughs> yeah but they did not want to accept the decision for the top candidate they did not want to accept the decision for zaha wagenknecht to be the top candidate during the entire election campaign just stating facts oh they hate my wife now there's criticism yeah, blah, blah, blah. Goes on. I'm going to skip this part. He, he sends some stats. Yeah, D-Linka, they're voting AFDE and SPD and the CDU vote. More workers vote for them, blah, blah, blah. He's going to explain why. <laughs> this section's titled, Missed Refugee Policy. Oh. Yeah, I can already imagine this mm. argument. The key Go to this lack of support. King. Again, all he's, this whole thing is like a thousand words. <laughs> and so we're four paragraphs in. Okay. You know, he, he doesn't beat around the bush. The key to this lack of support from those at the lower end of the income scale is the misguided refugee policy. This accusation is made not by Die Linke, but by all parties represented in the Bundestag so far. So for your logic debate nerds at home, it's always a good idea for the ca- <laughs> to say, you know, the capitalist parties say this is a bad idea. And, you know, if they say it isn't, it must be. <laughs> We're the party of we, the left. They yeah. say we suck, so we probably suck. Oh, God damn it. But here's his reasoning. Mm. He's he's doing a little uh, Jan Fleischauer mindset, if I may say so myself. That's the best mindset. The reason the refugee policy is bad uh-huh. Go is for because it, the principle of social justice has been overridden in the response to the refugee problem. Mm. Turning it on its head, you see. Because oh. it's the social justice warriors, quote oh, unquote, God damn it. who no. defend the refugees. Mm-hmm. But he says, actually, it's real social justice to be against the refugees. He goes yeah. on. Wait, what? Wait, what, what? No, 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 no. Yeah, He goes on. Yeah. I'm not, 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 not going to interrupt. I know Go. that argument. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And this happens in two ways. Okay. Social justice obligates us to help those who are most dependent on it, mm-hmm. who are most in need of it. Yeah. The burden of immigration must not be placed on those who are already the losers of the rising inequality in income and wealth by increased competition in the low-wage sector, rising rents in neighborhoods with cheap housing, and mm-hmm. increasing difficulties in schools with a growing proportion of pupils with poor language skills. Experience in Europe shows that when these people no longer feel represented by left-wing or social democratic parties, they increasingly elect right-wing parties. So get more racist, fam, and you'll, you'll win seats back. That's how international... <laughs> that, is, that is that is peak internationalism with, right there, is it not? With, well, yeah. the more perfect your race science is, the more internationalist He takes are. something that like... I, to do I mean, we, we've said on the show before... 
how bad the German refugee policy was because they're just like made no attempts. Like all these people arrived and they're like, great, welcome, you know, figure it out. You got this. Yeah, because Germany has always had a really good refugee policy forever, always. The like last, what, 60 years of this country's history has been built on good refugee policy. Yeah, it's yeah. not like yeah. the national pastime of always Germany. Literally for its entire history has been like, like wild and out on minorities. Yeah. <laughs> the national pastime of Germany. Post -World, and since World War II, specifically on migrants. The national like board game in German homes from the 60s onwards is the everyone's favorite family game of when will the Turks go home? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Helmut Kohl literally Let's was like Germany, and then send I'm them wondering home. what, like, when, when, like, when the some when when Balkan nations start joining the European Union, was there just like a collective like, fuck? Yeah, from the, the Europe, from, from fucking Germany. No, it wasn't Germany. It was particularly Austria. Austria had a fucking freak out with the Balkan nations joining because oh, they got yeah. the, they got the bulk of the refugees from the Balkan wars, and they were like, oh. So they, they're not going back. <laughs> and they have the legal right to stay. Oh, okay. Next thing you're telling me, gay people can marry. Mm, Austria. Yeah, I, just, I always Austria, imagine only this. Only good just comes like, from Austria. Uh, everything like, good comes from Austria. <laughs> Beethoven, some other people, <laughs> maybe. Helmut Kohl, the CDU leader in the 80s, he literally had the Thanos plan. He's like, I'm going to make half the Turks disappear. <laughs> <laughs> In the official documents, yep. he's like, "I'm gonna kick out half of them." Jesus, remember the last time Germany tried to just make like, people make disappear? Dis people disappeared. Yeah, uh, it ended anyway. up. Uh, so, but what, what do you make of that? Of of the the point at the end there, where he said, um, "You know, the the people who are sort of neglected or, or go to the right wing or vote for the right wing." Yeah. So, I mean, what what we started there was that it's it's the fault, like. It's almost it's it's uh, intentional negligence by the part of the German state to take in these to take in refugees and then they're forced into precarious situations because they're not actually they're not like I mean the whole Willkommens Kultur is just from like individuals trying to like give their own. There's not actually like yeah a, like right. I've I've spent twenty hours of the past month waiting at the Ausländerbehörde. It's not a nice place, and it's done on purpose. And you're like, and, like and you're here in Germany as like someone who's white, as yeah. like who's a seen as an expat. So you're an expat. Yeah. Imagine then. I mean, I've 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 heard things of people who come here as like Kurds, yep. who are from a nation that doesn't exist, yep. and they're in Germany in this like this infinite limbo because they're like, yeah, I don't have a passport, so what do I do? You know. And you can't do anything, and they can't really send you back because it's like, all right, yeah, Syria is obviously a uh, active war zone. Which is, yeah, yeah. So they can't send you back to uh, to Afghanistan, which is a perfectly safe country according to Germany. Yeah, quote unquote. Yeah, didn't you see them we walk around with like all the soldier like protection and shit they had? Yeah, yeah. in Kabul. We yeah. we looked around outside of Kabul airport and no further <laughs> and looks nice, looks yeah, awesome. This airport's yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> looks safe here. to me. I didn't see anyone. <laughs> no, it's stuffed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm interested though because I I don't know much about this stuff, but I I um I'm interested in in um, the statistics with um of um the FD's um oh sorry the FD's rise in you know um as far as the uh, 
percentages concerned with the borders and uh, when the refugees arrived in 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 Germany is that uh, uh, do they correspond or I think there's like a direct correlation isn't there because the AFD made that their major point yeah. right because yeah. newsflash Germany's very racist yeah <laughs> yeah there's like this there's also this weird thing where AFD is like taking on like somewhat anti-capitalist politics in like some parts of Germany which is like that's buck weird wild. it yeah. is buck wild <laughs> um but like yeah they're just kind of making it their issue but the like I think the important overarching takeaway from this is trying to be the party that outracists the racist party mm-hmm. doesn't fucking work uh like it never does yeah. um there's a great example of like france in the 80s and 90s where like the communist backed uh center-left government was like hey we're going to um uh we- we're in charge now and it's great and then front national comes along as like hey this deflation and rising unemployment that's due to immigrants yeah and then the center-left party agreed with them and now famously uh front national doesn't exist and hasn't definitely almost won the presidency mm-hmm. like three times um they went away and it all worked out and france is fine now <laughs> super fun <Woo! laughs> it all worked out <laughs> but you know that's not going to stop Oscar Lafontaine from trying to outrace us the racist. <laughs> we can go on. Uh, what's what's so bad about this this letter from Oscar Lafontaine is he's saying that the refugees that there's more students who have like who don't know or, or more like young children who don't know German or something and that's ruining the schools and then the like mm. poor wow. white children don't learn. Didn't know he would go just, that far. <laughs> just pay more for schools, you know? Like and and this goes back to the Ausländerbehörde like you talk about German engineering like at the at um, Oktoberfest, like that shit's run like a like a whistle, you know. And you tell me they can't get more than like literally five employees at the Berlin Ausländerbehörde. They do that on purpose. They're like, don't come. Yeah, mm-hmm. they haven't they haven't gotten full fucking UK level of just driving a van around on the side that says like go home. But they have put up a bunch. They have put put up Holy a bunch shit. of billboards yeah. with a ton of flags. Literally every flag yeah. is oh, either the from. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Your house that thing. was that was a Heimat ministry. So essentially, Oscar Lafontaine is is uh, scapegoating immigrants for the problems that for sure. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah. a lot of times what they fall back on is that we're just against any sort of refugees. Like that's sort of like hurting. German workers, this idea of yeah. but it's like they that, love talking about Islam right in, in particular and not knowing German and these kind of like it's such a right wing rhetoric though to too. to outplay like workers, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, especially saying like oh your socioeconomic situation is because I mean this is hurting the the German work work working class and and stuff like that. This is, it's interesting how you could even try to do that yeah. like in the left party like that you you, you saw those posters of like yeah. around town that was like hey go home basically of those posters but it in your like, native language that's so nice oh, of them it was in arabic really? and in russian yeah. even yeah. holy shit yeah, yeah in russian it was a list of like conspicuously non-white euros. nations flags yeah. <laughs> i mean except for the irish russian flag <laughs> wasn't fucking there so, no, who did that sorry who which that uh, was who's that the was C- Heim- that was the, the german government that was seahawk uh yeah in ministerium so like wow home 
Uh, what is it called? Uh, interior. Interior. It's, it's interior, literally yeah, that yeah. meme. What's I love the, hearing someone not from Germany just give like just a wow when it comes to how <laughs> racist this country literally, is. Literally, what's the meme of the guy handing like, I'll pay you $100 to fuck off? That's literally, I'll pay you $2,000 exactly. to, to yeah, fuck yeah, off. Yeah. Like, thank you for the exploited labor for I really like that years. someone from South Africa was like, wow, this country's racist. <laughs> 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 so which one's worse, apartheid or Germany? <laughs> apartheid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I gotta put money on that one. <laughs> Even more seriously. I'm just waiting for like a Jan Fleischhauer article to be like, apartheid, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that's probably already happened. <laughs> yeah. Even more seriously, the principle of social justice is violated when we look at people fleeing war, hunger, and disease. Only a minority manages to raise several thousand euros with which one can pay for smugglers to come to Europe, mainly to Germany. Millions of war refugees vegetate in the camps. Millions more people have no chance at all to leave their homeland because of hunger and disease. Okay. okay. (laughs) But, um, wait, and then it goes on. I mean, then then he goes on to, to say, yeah, you know, if we stop funding arms, then we'd make a difference. But just, I, I love the moment where he's just like, the refugees who come to Germany are like the the, the rich, flashy, hip-hop style oh, refugees. Yeah, yeah, what the fuck? These um, refugees oh, wow. with their gold chains and their mixtapes. Like literally had to walk phones. across that's, that's Europe to get to Germany. That was legitimately a point that, that, know, the, that the right was, was a, doing. I know, about, yeah. yeah, it was, it was them saying like, oh, yeah, but they all have like three smartphones and shit like that. Why? Why do they want to call their family? It's like one smartphone <laughs> and, that they had. But yeah, yeah or even if they have they two, give it up doesn't. Their only lifeline. Exactly <laughs> to their family and the people at home. Like, so <laughs> I think give it was just. Your I think I think I it was just that they were really they were really <laughs> mad of seeing all the like Arab oh. dudes who like just FaceTime everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because their fucking family is somewhere. <laughs> no, but I mean like just in general. Oh, you like, mean like in general? Just in yeah, general, yeah, Arab. Oh, dudes yeah. love FaceTime. So Oscar Lafontaine is a serious politician. Yes. He was oh, the leader yeah. of the party for years and years. Yeah. And he and does not understand Arab now. FaceTiming. <laughs> he does not, he does not <laughs> understand this, it. Th- yeah, th- this is not just and some crank. This is like the leader of the party. This is the leader of the party being like, attention, your leader <laughs> yeah. speaking. I like this idea that he can't use FaceTime so hard he's racist. He actually um, wanted to get reelected, and they had to stop him from getting reelected back then. <laughs> so he's kind of like the little dictator of the link. Oh, God damn it. Like, I want to get reelected. We really rather you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please stop. Please don't. <laughs> oh, no. That's about all I want to read from Lasca Lafontaine. Hopefully, that's a nice introduction into. I still imagine the being, being very mad about. Um, yeah. Arab dude's FaceTiming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we have to talk about Zaha Wagenknecht because this is kind of like a proxy battle over her. And she's been the leader of the party for the past few years. She said she will step down. But after 2017, she announced this program called Aufstehen, which means yes. stand, stand up, up, rise up, Get stand up, up. up. for your rights. And and move, you move. <laughs> <laughs> Just like The that. idea behind it, I think it was made at the same time as the yellow vests or around there that at least, a, at least li- a little it. bit yeah. before a little okay. bit before but it had a lot of and it was consciously and uh, to me this sounds kind of obvious but i think in german politics it is kind of unique 
to be an extra parliamentary like political force. Extra parliamentary stuff is not unique in Germany. I was just referring to yeah yeah the the, the <laughs> ultimate goal of Aufstehen was a the stated goal I should say was like to make a red red green coalition. It was mm -hmm. basically a unifying factor for grassroots movements across. The, like the the thing they constantly stated was like it doesn't matter if you're an SPD or Green or D-Link a supporter, yeah. this is for you, and <laughs> that was the stated goal. However, <laughs> from what I've read, the actual goal was like, hi, I'm Sarah Vagnet. People kind of like me more than they like D-Linka. Wouldn't it be cool if I had my own power base? So I could be president or prime minister or president, <laughs> president of Germany. We're doing like the presidential you, system. You guys have a president. He does. Yeah, but he does off. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> he visited like beef farms in Galway in yeah, Ireland once. True. I met him. I've actually met him. You met Jörg in Galway? Yeah, really. Did you shake his hand? Uh, no, I didn't. He was old. Yeah, he's evangelical. That's why he, he's very old. <laughs> what does he smell like? I, I don't know. I didn't get that close. Okay. Like, I met him before I ever encountered, like, any Irish politician. <laughs> but it's actually interesting because I have friends who uh, have sometimes very problematic views on, on stuff, like on, uh, like on the refugee crisis. Like, she's, I mean, I, I won't say her name. <laughs> Drag her! <laughs> no. No, no, don't, but don't she, do that. Yeah, she was very critical because her, how um, oh, should I say it? Her father is like uh, for, um, was part of the '68 um, movement and stuff like that, but he be became quite misogynistic, or he wa he always was. I don't know, um, and she's not a big fan of of like um, radical left. Um, so, but she liked Sarah Wagenknecht, oh, yeah. <laughs> and her uh, kind of uh, nüchtern. What would be nüchtern of like her sober view oh, really? on the refugee crisis. Oh. <laughs> I was like, hmm, that's problematic. And I heard yeah. it from different people, like people that, that are more uh, into leaning, like right wing or something like that, that they actually, but that Wagenknecht, that yeah. girl, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's she's, she's a charismatic leader. <laughs> it's important when uh, women and children and men and human beings who have hopes and dreams and aspirations are drowning in the Mediterranean yep. that we remain yep. unemotional. That's the important thing. Here. Yep. We Gotta just, see us like sober we have, you. <laughs> we, we have to be sober. Um, I'm not sober. <laughs> 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 I'm fucking shit-faced. Kieran's shit-faced view of the left. I like refugees. <laughs> Save them. I don't want them to drown. <laughs> That's Kieran's <laughs> drunk view of left politics. I will debate Sarah Vagonect. Maybe a better comp than the... The reason I bring up the yellow vest is... is Aufstein was probably more actually quite consciously copying momentum in the UK mm. because momentum, as uh, Zavakanesh says in interviews often, that they have momentum activists in Germany that are working with them. And much in the same way that momentum kind of was like gave labor a boost, yeah. they wanted to do the same with D-Linka. Yeah. You mentioned the Red, Red, Green coalition, and that's crucial because forget no matter what any of these, all these divisions we're talking about in D-Linka. And, and if, if there's one thing like, this is maybe the best summary of D-Linka. No matter like all the different like all the different factions we've talked about, almost nobody thinks that D-Linka should be like an independent political force. Because even Zarvakanesh says like the way she talks is like we're pushing SPD from the left. They say that in interviews. Hmm. 
And like when you reflexively see yourself as like the like conscious of the SPD, like the leftist skull that's going to like join the coalition with them and push them left. What, what does, what does that do to the party? What does that do to you? And the reason I bring up the LFS is because that is a spot, much more spontaneous, actual popular uprising. That's truly like outside the pol- That's, I don't know. It exists in Germany, but it's very divorced from any sort of politics, any any sort of parliamentary politics. But I mean, it always has been a big dis- uh, discussion in the left, uh, in Die Linke, um, if they should even join coalitions with other parties, like if they should stay like a total oppositional par- uh, party, or if they sh- should join uh, coalitions. And that was always like when they started to join when they did the Magdeburger Modell, for example, that that was the first coalition in Magdeburg then, um, um, where they started to to join uh, coalitions with with the left and uh, with the left, yeah, uh, with the Social Democrats <laughs> <laughs> coalition with the left. <laughs> that would be way an too idea. much fucking credit. Um, yeah. Or the Green Party, and I mean, you see what happens when they do that. I mean, they start doing weird shit like they do right now in Berlin, for example, in Lichtenberg, where they voted to, to. Um, put a weird um weird i don't know it's an aquarium i think they put on at rummelsbucht now and the linker also voted for it and shit like that so they start doing weird shit when they when they get into coalitions um but of course it, um there was always this discussion also what Gregor Gysi then said okay we can't always be an opposition we have to like get and try to to actually govern and shit so yeah, <laughs> but but then you have this situation in Turingen, which seems to be the like oh, realistic yeah. dream. Like you're in the coalition, but you lead the coalition. The mm-hmm. the Dilinka, the guy we mentioned before, Bodo Ramelow. Bodo Ramelow. Yeah. Like he, the um, Dilinka is the largest party in that coalition. So the yeah. SPD and Greens, in theory, have to do what they say, and <laughs> they've just continued the same deportation yeah. regime oh, as yeah. the rest of Germany. It's the same stuff. So. Yeah, it's quite interesting because yeah. he actually started the discussion. He said he's he's ready to get into a discussion about sichere Herkunftsstaaten, so like secure Afghanistan, secure. Yeah. W- what, what what would be uh, the English safe word? lands of uh, safe countries of return? Of, okay. Oh God! That's wow. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Yeah. So he said he would be ready to get into a discussion with them and and actually say that Algeria and Tunisia and stuff like that. What what then happens? Algeria and Tunisia be... are very broken countries. Still, I think we all forget yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. And it also like, depends, like for example, if you're homosexual or something like that, you you're probably there's still not there's happy still to... European there's still European countries thinking that fucking Libya is a safe country oh, yeah. to return. Yeah. Even though there's fucking what? open yeah there's open slave markets in that country now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fucking crazy. But hey, to, to be fair, there are also <laughs> oh. cool leftists who think that Gaddafi was a pimp. So I mean, like both are stupid. But therefore, I mean, it is a fine to country. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, uh, Ramlo is kind of like the Kretschmer of the Linke. So we know, like, who Kretschmer is. He is He's a right wing uh, member of the of, of, the, of the, the Green the Party. He is ruling Baden-Württemberg, and and he is kind of like CDU. But with a green he touch. has a flat top, which a flat top is the international, <laughs> it's the international yeah. sign of being fash. So I got to say, say no yeah, more. because the left party is so delinquent, yeah. <laughs> they actually criticize. I mean, throughout the party line, He's they like criticize. a 1980s villain. Yeah. Yeah. From, from the Rocky films. Yeah, literally. <laughs> because as a party line, it's still not accepted um, what Sarah Wagenknecht said and what uh, Ramlo said. So there's still always the critique. What you um, mean, Sarah Wagenknecht like 
comments about Stalin or her racism? Her racism. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because her Stalinism, yeah. I can support. They always get a back uh, a big, a big like uh, a lot of backlash in um, throughout the party. This is why they fuck though. I they're both oh, racist so, enough. So I agree, and and yeah. like I think the. <laughs> The point I'm trying to get at is not so much that the whole that Delink is this monolith that thinks that it's that any sort of left wing parliament, any sort of left wing movement that wants to deal with parliament in Germany is sort of blocked by a, by the leadership of Delinka who fix these sort of like controls on them. So no matter what the party thinks, like okay, we need to do this, this, and that to actually adhere to our beliefs, both wings of the party, whether it's Katja Kipping or Zavankanesh, are like we exist like we're an opposition party. I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. And the yeah. Linka, if they want to go forward, it can't be that like, it's just simply, I mean, at one sense, like what we've been talking about is shit. Like <laughs> to be fair, just, I mean, just to, to, to lay it all out. Like this is not a party that I, I want to support, which is pretty shit because the things that they're associated with are cool. Like their, uh, their, "Quote unquote think tank like the was a Luxembourg oh, Stiftung. Yeah. Yeah. I really like. Mm-hmm. They produce really good, you know, um, studies and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. stuff. Really it's, good events and whatnot. Just to tag on a little bit to that, it's always weird that like think tanks, especially on the left, are always more left than the party themselves. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the think tank. I forgot the name of it. The think tank for the SPD is way more left. The is like with the name of the worst. They have the name of the guy that is kind of responsible for. Killing Rosa Luxemburg. So. Oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> that's a weird. That's but yeah, kind so of. it is. It is. It is always like a weird, a weird thing with Dilinka. Is that like I like Dilinka as a party in theory. I don't like the people who are in it. Who are like like as we've said multiple times already. Is that they're just old. They're these old. <laughs> they're just old. They're just. These, no, and they're not. That they're <laughs> the old guard of the left that don't belong there anymore. Which is why I'm voting for Kamala Harris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she is not a cop. <laughs> But, um, you know, but it, it like the thing is that like Germany like has a, a I think at least a decent left wing opposition within its own country, which is the left. Yeah. However, it's it needs some, you know, renovation. They need to like I think it's good that Grigor Gysi's come out and said that, like, hey, like, you know, mm-hmm. we don't need to be in opposition anymore. We should consider maybe. You know, trying to think outside of the box here. Trying to overthrow the government. <laughs> yeah, which would be pimp. And just but piss all over that fucking constitution. <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah. piss Watch all over the fucking Gwengazets. Watch, now, now that I just said piss all over the Gwengazets, we're going to be fucking... Now, now we're on the watch list. We're Thank on the you, fucking guys. watch list <laughs> yeah. of the fucking Fafatsung show. I've been on there That's before. my 2019 <laughs> goal. Yeah. I've been in this country for less than a year and I'm already on the Yeah, but... Like back back to my point is that <laughs> Dilinka has redeeming factors more far more redeeming factors than bad factors at least I think is that they are a party that then is legitimately anti capitalist they are um as which is pretty common in Europe just in general that you have a good left wing block however Germany doesn't have a block they have just one party that then represent a block of multiple left wing ideas mm. and this is good like it is it is problematic with the figureheads who are kind of there who have who've made themselves loud proud and in charge of what they're about which is you know we want to be the left-wing version of the afd which isn't what the entire party is about and they've called them out on that i think multiple times it just is when we see 
then the torch being passed over to the younger block of the of Dilinka is I think when we're actually going to see that become like a bigger you know better I mean kind of like in the sense of like in the U.S. that we've seen with Corbyn or Sanders mm. in the U.S. that that can then blossom because the SPD doesn't have an answer to that and they I think Kunat. <laughs> hey you know what pimp he should like if the SPD becomes that, then that's, then that'd be cool. But like, yeah, yeah. I was just saying that. Like, the other thing is about the uh, Dilinka is that a lot of like that good stuff about Dilinka is very easy to find at like a local or yeah, like ground course. floor level. They like, have to like re like position themselves as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So like the internationals group here in Berlin, I've always found have been like very good in politics. Mm-hmm very far removed from that like Wagenknecht or whatever mm. what you want to call that wing of the party and the same goes for like the like it doesn't affect me personally but I've been doing a bit of research on like the queer group that's involved mm-hmm. with like yeah. um, mm-hmm. like uh, fucking Dilinka they're like really good on these kind of like factories yeah. as well mm-hmm. and this is all the like grassroots quote unquote aspect yeah. of this party that is told to go away sometimes <laughs> or yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but there is you're right there's like this old guard new guard problem and like the old guard is and the new guard will prevail like it's just simply put as that because the old guard's gonna die yeah like that is just I mean, simply yeah. put as that they're, like, they're gonna they're they're gonna they're just gonna disappear because they can't be in politics forever the, the new guard is doing like three spins on its head and then landing in such a way that its hand is behind the head and then the old guard is like trying to do a flip to this break dancing move and then just breaks their fucking back and dies in the street somewhere in Kreuzberg <laughs> that's what I envision <laughs> a really terribly gone awry breakdance battle in Kreuzberg so uh, the thing is I'm not so hopeful because it's the structure of German okay Dilinka sees itself as the parliamentary voice in a lot of ways of left-wing groups. Like we, I am your shield, I am your voice (laughs) and all this. But even that structure doesn't work. I mean, we see it doesn't work. I mean, all right, let's look at Aufstein to go back to that. Mm. They set up this Aufstein as a way that they're going to like, what, reconnect to these grassroots. Mm. And then you just have just a glorified mailing list that's just, I mean, from the most part, it's what... It, it participates in what Zara Vanknecht wanted it to participate yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And, like, at the same time, um, there was, like, no fucking grassroots movements or activist movements mm-hmm. involved when it first launched. The, like, people who were involved when it first launched was Zara Vanknecht and another, and a handful of their, like, state or local level politicians. Mm-hmm. There was nothing, like, there were no grassroots movements. There were no activist movements or social justice movements involved. Um... Which fucking blew chunks. That was fucking terrible. Sorry, go on, Yuri. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that seems to be a common problem because, I mean, you already see it with um, what they tried before with becoming more racist just to connect <laughs> with, like, former voters or something like that. Oh, yeah, these people don't vote for us anymore. Oh, maybe we should try to be more racist to make them happy or anything like that. I mean... It's kind of offensive to think that you can only win back the working class by, like, playing on some uh, irrational uh, fears or something. Like, or not irrational fears, but you know what I mean. Like some made-up, not made-up fears. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, 
the by PSL f- legend now and not now. <laughs> fuck. By finding you know a, s- I mean? a scapegoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like scapegoat. Yeah, exactly. Scapegoats are made up fears. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Good. Then Germans. Implicit in that pitch, like, we hear, we hear you. You want us. You want us to protect the German worker. That means we could get more racist. Like exactly. that's what's yeah, exactly. like that's, implicit yeah. in that is this is the only way forward. Yeah, that's, yeah, and the reason process. for that is because politics, especially in Germany, mass politics is no go. Like you can't. Like it exi- Like Germany has tons of left wing shit. They're they're everywhere. I get all of, my news <laughs> from the stickers on bins. There, but like. None of it can coalesce into a movement because that's not supported at all. That's verboten, really. Like, like legally, it is. Like, if you if you fuck with the constitution, you fuck with me. Like, that's <laughs> that's what they say. Uh, before you go, Rob, I'd just like to say to the Verfassungsschutz that I'm I'm only here for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ian is not a member of the militant whatever uh, organization uh, we're creating. Militant Cornish Militant Ian's on the Constitution. <laughs> Ian's not my real name. My real name is uh, Daniel O'Dell. Look him up. <laughs> All I want to say is. Dilinka cool. and, and like Dilinka as a party, like whatever you want to say about political, like a party as a former political organization, a parliamentary party, people have different thoughts. I think it's a very useful vehicle for any kind of organization. But in German politics, the whole deal or part of the deal is that as not only, not only like the is art the, of the deal, <laughs> not only is the the guiding principle of the leadership of the Dilinka party now as an opposition party, but to some extent, any true left-wing party as and any, any left-wing party, a party can't be truly left-wing and be in the parliament. It needs to have a certain, um, it can be if it has like a, like a base, like something like the yellow vest in France, but that's sort of like headed off from the start in Germany as impossible. And the only way to appeal to people is well, but we've seen this in other in other European countries, and we've had this conversation before. Is that like what would happen if then a a left wing government took charge in in X country for Spain, Portugal, Greece, and Italy? It means nothing because they are part of a peripheral. Yeah. When it comes to the eurozone and when it comes to Europe, like it means nothing because you have to appease. And I think in Germany, um, it falls into the category of if they were to become you know, one of the leading parties in this country, it would be monumental because it would change the entire rhetoric of that. I can just call it imperialist, can't I? Yeah, like we an, are, imperial like Germany, Berlin. We are at the center of an empire. Yeah, like it would be. It would be at the head of of reshaping an old imperial wing of capital. Yeah, but you're assuming they're going to reshape it. D-Linko, no, once they get into government, they're just SPD. I'm just saying, I'm simply just saying in the sense of that, so that like you have a power that you can use, use it because there are nations that with that, that are within Europe that have already tried that and that have been fucked by capital. And Germany is just kind of sitting, the left in Germany is just kind of sitting here being like, oh, well, uh, I don't know yet. Oh, well, I guess I'll, you know, try to be in opposition. No, no scoop. Yeah. <laughs> and you, <laughs> and you see, and you see, you see fucking like Podemos and Syriza just fucking, I mean, Syriza has had to 
you know, and, and, and Podemos have had to sacrifice more than any other left-wing movements of the last 50 years to the point that they've, like, become meaningless in these countries. I mean, given Podemos, like, is still maintained power, but Syriza in October is going to lose to Nea Thamakratia because they cannot fucking do anything. And they're going mm-hmm. to lose fucking hard. Yeah, like, Nea Thamakratia has already had, like, 35%, Shit. which is a governing, like... And in Greece, you get 60 extra seats. Woo! Woo! Fun electoral system. Yeah, <laughs> dumb. Um, and they'll probably make a coalition with fucking Golden Dawn or some dumb oh, shit fuck. like that. So... Like, Germany needs to accept their, like, I don't want to sound like a fucking liberal idiot, but, like, accept your privilege and, you know, realize that you have a position in the European, you know, quagmire that exists right now that you can do something. Like, you can act where you are and people are willing to then to 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 take up... I don't want to say arms because it's not the, like the the proper thing, but you know they're they're willing to then you know get behind this movement that then is is anti-imperialist, that is anti-capital, that is you know this this is a, a trend that the SPD cannot grab a hold of because they want to be centrist, hmm. and the AFD is grabbed because they're just racist, and I don't think that the most people who are joining joining the AFD are just joining it because they're racist. They're just upset with Europe and they're upset with Germany, and there is. Uh, a, a monumental shift that could happen and just the Delinka just sits there like oh well we're just in opposition you know, fuck off that is a privileged move more yeah. or less you know you know your Spargo mm-hmm. privilege <laughs> yeah all that fucking Spargo privilege that you guys want for fucking East Europe I don't understand it <laughs> <laughs> but no it, it really is it really is just genuinely off-putting that's just like kind of like my last big point I, I agree with you completely that should be that is like a a real populist message like the masses of of europe if if all right like we're if, if you're with this eu project the masses of europe are together on this political project to like so re- then fucking show it but, but they won't do it no yeah. exactly it. Dilinka is is just like basically every just like every single german political party is like operating in the system you can call it incrementalism you can call it whatever you want but that's their tactic whether they are the idealist purists who get the who tinker the policy platform, or whether they're the realists like Wagenknecht who want to, you know, get some particular program passed mm-hmm. and, ha- and and think they have to sa- sacrifice X, Y, and Z to do it. No matter what, it all goes down to that. And part of the appeal of the off day was it was this classic one-two hustle where the capitalists pretend in in a system where there's zero real political power for the people, they pretend they fake like, oh look, we're giving we're gonna give you the political power as just a way to like make a more reactionary capitalist force there's like the fact part of the appeal beyond the beyond the 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 pure racism is the idea of like oh we're gonna make a change like and that's some sense of power of of having power when you don't have any and really what europe is really going to turn towards is america because yeah. America and has fascism per- and, America- just, and just absolute well, fascism america has the perfect hustle where the people feel like they have power because it's a culture war People feel like they're owning people online or they elect Trump to troll the libs and they feel like people in America, they feel like they're fucking engaged with politics when they're not doing anything. It's the same cabal of psychotic pedophiles who run everything in America. That's not going to change no matter how many libs you troll. But that's the perfect system. and That's the way they want it. And that's getting imported mainly through the right wing with the triggering libs mm-hmm, on campuses mm-hmm. and the like off days saying you need to have a gun to feel like powerful and defend yourself. That's just going to get imported. Um, I have plenty of guns. Perfect. I feel very powerful. Okay, that, That's the perfect 
mass that, that's a perfect fake mass politics to replace an, an, a, the lack of any actual mass politics when the reality of a left wing mass politics is staring you right in the fucking face and no one and yeah there, but, this, 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 but this goes back to the entire yeah. thing that we've had multiple conversations about is that German left-wing politics ignores internationalism, regardless of if that, if that internationalism is within Europe mm-hmm. or beyond that, which it should be uh, be beyond that. Yeah. Because where Definitely. is there a German movement? Okay. Lechnizzi the... into the EU. That's yeah. Karen's opinion. <laughs> but where is there like a German internationalism even beyond the EU? It doesn't exist. And even within um, the EU, it doesn't exist. The MLPD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that. No, seriously. They're very active. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was this episode of Corner Spacey. I think like we should wrap it up and we should um, all stare at pictures of um, this Albanian rapper's bare chest. Wait, wait. Georgian. 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 What did I say? Albino. Albino. Oh, he's albino. He's albino. It's been a long evening. All right. Albino people. So Ian's replacing me as the comedian on the podcast. I'm fucking cancelled. Okay. Two things I want to say before before we go. All right. First, I want to thank Ian for coming. Is there anything you want to shout out? Yes. Oh, thank you. Your Twitter handle. Thank you for having me. And and I and I sure hope you guys have me on again. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Um. I don't really have any podcast or anything i listen to this podcast um <laughs> yay and um you're one of our three fans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it's it's actually pretty good for me um uh, uh, trying to find my my uh, my bearings in in europe yeah i, I think it's I a stupid it's, place it's, it's, it's fucking <laughs> dumb europe is retarded <laughs> It yes. is a concept for you. Europe doesn't exist. This is <laughs> this is just West Asia. Yeah. Um. Uh. Greece is Turkey, actually. So yeah. Greece is Turkey. We are all Turkey. Yeah. Me- uh, merhaba. Yeah, but merhaba. other than that, um, yeah, I'm I'm a comedian in Berlin, so I I, I just want to yeah I'll put my uh, uh, yeah plug my Facebook page on there, which is Facebook uh, forward slash sorry it's facebook.com forward slash i am comic and the first four letters are uppercase and the rest are lowercase okay i know that that ian didn't didn't like talk that much because we were being stupid and trying to be (laughs) pretending to be we were silencing him because we're (laughs) sexist but (laughs) oh yeah you did that with me ian really (laughs) is Ian really is a hilarious stand-up comic here in Berlin, and uh, if, you, if you are here in Berlin, uh, the, he is the second best comedian in this room. Oh, that's right. First is Julia. <laughs> yeah, it's Julia. Definitely. Uh, but for real though, um, for all those in Berlin, um, if uh, you do like us, follow Ian, and you should come and see him because he's a pimp. And he uh, really will uh, uh, just catch you off with the most awkward comedy I've ever heard in my entire life. That is the best way it to describe so it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I fucking love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Melty Brains for letting us use their themes for our theme song, New Dawn. That's for anyone who's confused. That's D O N, not D A W N. No, it's, Dawn like Golden Dawn. No, 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 Dawn like. Italian mob boss. Uh, hey, yo, hey. hey, hey, I'm walking. I'm cancelled. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was this week's quarter, Spady. Um, 
uh, or Market Watch. Remember, in the European <laughs> elections, vote FDP. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to end on a negative note, but I really want to say this because I didn't last week. And I have to report on things from my German hometown of Hamburg. I did want to talk about one event that happened in Hamburg last week now, or I guess a week and a half ago or so, in the um, in the clinic, the Eppendorf Clinic. I think it's called the UKE or something. It's the University of Hamburg, their clinic. Um, this guy was just beat the fuck up by the clinic security. He went into a coma and died a few days later. Um, yeah, for I no one really knows the reason. I mean, he was a psychiatric hospital, but he wasn't committed or anything. He was just visiting the hospital. And yeah, he's a black guy from Cameroon. And they just, it was bad. Um, I don't point it out because of uh, racist shit. You've just had a couple hours of learning about that in Germany. But I did want to shout out the black community in Hamburg. That's what they're called in English. Um, like in German, it's written in English. And the organizing they've done around it because they really mobilized uh, around the event and they've been having a lot of protests and events and uh, it's really something coming together in Hamburg. So I wanted to shout them out. Keep up the good work. Stay strong, everybody. Woo! Sweet. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next week. Uh, thank you for sticking around and thank you to Ian. And Thanks, Ian. <laughs> yeah, we'll see ya. Good night or good day or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Guten Abend. Guten Abend. Guten Abend. Good enough. Publica sucks here. Yeah. 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 Y